Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Chat with Papa Joe. I appreciate y'all being here, and this is just another episode. Uh, this is actually the second episode of two. We're going to wrap up our little discussion about civics, so thank you for being here, and I appreciate y'all. All right, let's kick this off here a little bit, and quite honestly, tonight I've had a little bit of a hard time with the technology on this. Uh, Generation Xers, I know y'all can appreciate what's going on here, but okay, where were we here? We were talking about civics. We broke some things down, and, and let me just go over a couple things here. Like I said in the first episode about this, is we're just having a discussion about civics. I'm not breaking anything out from extensive notes or anything like that. This is just a conversation of stuff that you should be having these conversations at some point with the youngins. You can make this as simple or as hard as you want. Not everybody wants to go into as deep as this as Alex Jones or Sean Hannity or Don Lemon and delve into this that deep. But other people, other people do. Some people are like, just, you know what, tell me what do I need to know. I really appreciate that point of view better than I don't want to know. I don't want to know is dangerous. And again, this is civics, not social law. Social behavior is totally different. And and once you understand where that break is, then you'll you'll find the key. We went over some things, and like I said before, there's a hundred different views. If you Google it, or if you go to a college classroom, or even a high school classroom, they'll tell you there's anywhere from three to six to nine to 11 different pillars or tenets of civics they can be right i'm just i i'm just breaking it down into 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 five different basic ideas that you need to be communicating we talked about the popular sovereignty which is the consent of the governed which means the very first thing that you need to understand about what goes on in our in the american society we give permission to the government to do stuff. The government doesn't give us permission. We give permission to the government to carry things out and to move forward with programs. The other thing we talked about is limited government. We keep it very limited because we are 50 states. Each state has within it different regions. We are basically hundreds, if not thousands, of microcultures. We need to we need to keep it simple and limited, so that each one just has a, a basic knowledge or a base uh, a small baseline to go on. Because what works in one area is not going to work in another. As close as from town to town, the little town I live in, the culture is different than the little bit larger town next to us, which is a lot different than the city on the other side of it. We talked about the rule of law or the separation of government. And that's important as we understand that some things have to be set down. They have to, some things have to be addressed if we're going to be a part of a society, if we're all going to get along. And it's going to be uncomfortable, but you need to understand. And that's a question that needs to be asked. Every step along the way, that's a pillar. Is this a rule or a law that needs to be addressed? That's the separation of government. And today we're going to talk about the last two things, which I think are actually the two put together are the cornerstone or the keystone, if you will. 
my Freemason friends will tell you what a keystone is. It, it holds everything together. Okay, it holds the structure together. We're going to talk about the checks and balances or a representative government that we have. And we're going to wrap it up with what is exactly is a democracy. When we say democracy, what do we mean? When we really have a federalist or a, a representative republic kind of government. That's what we really have. Okay, when we say democracy, you hear this all spread all throughout the, the media everywhere. A threat to our democracy affects our democracy. Understand that democracy, when you use that phrase, what you're invoking is the the will of a majority versus a minority. In a democracy, a true democracy, you go by what most people want. And that is not what we are. We don't we don't work like that. So when you start hearing that phrase, teach the kids and tell them. When you start hearing that phrase, just because most people in America want something by a statistic, God, just that word sends hives up me. A statistic or a poll says most people want, most people agree with. We're not set up like that. We are a representative republic that uses a democratic principle. What that means is most people will choose the person that represents them in government. That person will bring your point of view to the table and use it in, in an argument or use it in negotiating for what needs to be done per the rules of the republic. And that, that's a lot to digest. Most people in America want blue twidgets. That's not how it works. That doesn't mean we get blue twidgets because you get the most number of people. When you're spread out like this and you have a large number of people conglomerated in an area like in the big cities where most people in the Northeast want something, it doesn't mean it's right for everybody. If this was a true democracy, the folks in the larger cities, the places with the larger numbers, they have the most people. They have the higher number. They would make all the rules for everybody else. That's that's not how it works. And they have representatives that they send forward. When we vote for a president, we have a way of ensuring that called the Electoral College. It's a way of ensuring that the right number of representatives represent the right number of people to make sure that the people in the right areas have the same say as the people in the congested areas. Those are, those are what's important. And if you want to argue those points, you've got to understand the consequences of them. And how we do that is through the, the representative government and federalism and the checks and balances system. They all work together. They're all different ways of saying the same thing. Even though we send our representatives, they have a check and a balance. We can decide we're going to argue something and pick a topic off of the evening news. Whenever you listen to this podcast, pick a topic off the news because it's going to change every day. If you turn on CNN or Fox News, MSNBC, or even your local news, there's going to be a different topic every day. The checks and balance system tells you the reality of the situation, not what these other people are telling you, the reality of the situation. You have a judicial branch of government that says if something can even be looked at. We can't, we can't make a law about haircuts. 
That's off the table. So I don't care if your representative says nobody can dye their hair. And the news media says most people want to do away with hair dye. It doesn't matter. Judicial branch goes, they look down through the laws, look down through the Constitution and says, no, that's not arguable. And to put it in a real situation, one of the one of the big buzzwords right now is things like gun control or abortion. The Supreme Court looks at it and goes, first off, are we even going to listen to the argument? And then the arguments to them have to be per the Constitution and they can kick them out and go, this, this is not an issue. This is not an issue. You can't do that. The president's role is to administratively provide resources and infrastructure to carry out the law. Whatever the Supreme Court says is good, okay, so now we can deal with it. This is how I want to deal with it. The legislative branch is your representative taking your perspective to the conversation. Because with over a thousand different perspectives, they all have to get together and go, okay, say gun control. What works in New York might not work in Arkansas. Does that mean it's bad? No. So they need to get together and say, okay, on a federal level or on a local level, on a very local level, or we're not dealing with this at all. And that's where it comes down to. When they start grouping up, they become too powerful. And what we're teaching our kids with that, and the reason I say all that in a long, boring way, what we're, what we're telling our kids is that as long as you can get more people to agree with you, then that's how I'm going to get something done. Now think about that as a parent. If you can, if all the kids get together and they all want cake for dessert and they all agree on it, does that mean that you as the parent should give it to them? No. Or at work. All your employees want to work a three-day work week. No, there's checks and balances to that. You have a, Some people have a say, some people don't. But just because they all get together does not mean it's the right thing to do or it's going to be done or it needs to be done. I'll tell you right now, if I go to my boss and I can have everybody say, hey, we all want to work a three-day work week. My boss is going to say, fine, the other two days you can spend at the unemployment office looking for a job for next week. And I can go to the unemployment office and say, hey, I need it. You know, I need to be paid because I got bills. They're going to say too bad. You did something you shouldn't have done. And that's the same philosophy that's happening now that we're teaching our kids. They're taking individual parts of these pillars and they're not using them as a whole. And we need to start teaching them that. As a whole, yes, you are a person, and yes, you govern yourself. <laughs> you are an individual. However, that only goes so far in society. You only have so much say in what goes on. And by the way, I trump you. I trump your decision. Or, okay, I have to do what you say because, well, now you're an adult or this or that. And and that's why it's very important to, to take that and understand that. So that kind of wraps up our our civics lesson and, to, and to, to put it all into perspective, understand that what's going on in the world today, this political marketing, marketing is taking an idea and manipulating it, not always in a bad way, manipulating it and manipulating the system so that a majority of people buy in and invest their money into it, whether it's by purchasing or joining the group or whatever. Political marketing is just that it, it works off of popularity. And when we start teaching the kids 
that is that is popularity that gets you that gets by. If you have the popular vote and people like what you say and do, I don't have to. Then you don't give them a reason to think about it. Let them break it down. And like I say, you don't have to do it in a way of of pounding it into their head. Some people literally, and and I'll do it at times when I'm confused and before I go into a, a voting booth or when I'm sitting there listening to something, I will sometimes pull a piece of paper out and go, he's saying this, he's saying this, he's saying this, and I'll have to think about it because they're getting, marketers ruin everything and because they know how to play the game. A good marketer will know how to sell you that car and double talk to play the upside to get their way. And our kids need to understand everything in life. You have to sit back and understand where it comes from. Do they have the authority to say it? Can they really pull through? And if they pull through, what are the consequences? What are you know where did where did that person get that to give to me? And that that's you know and that leads to deeper moral discussions and better people. And that's really what we want. We want better people that do better. All right. I know it's 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 long and boring, but let's let's all just take a deep breath, bow our heads, and and just enjoy the fact that we're here today, and we're we're gonna plow on with this. All right, all right, y'all, just have a good evening, and I look forward to the next episode, which really is gonna be more upbeat. I promise. All right, love y'all. Mm-hmm.